Hey, this is CJ Couch, producer of the Yellowbird Connect podcast. You are listening to a special presentation of our Connect event for this month of March. This is part one of two, and in this installment, Kyle Paskiewicz gives his take on real estate trends and predictions for the rest of 2019 and beyond. If you'd like to attend the next Connect event or would like more information, follow us on social media at Yellowbird Connect or email us at info at yellowbirdhomebuyers.com. Now let's get into the episode. The main reason we started Connect is we were just sick of attending the same seminars um, and hearing a sales pitch all the time at the end. We just wanted to do something different, something that added value. It's just not who we are. It's not what we're doing. It's that we're consistent in doing it, and we're good at converting the leads that come in. So we're putting all that information out there for free, giving everyone that opportunity to do it also. The idea behind it is the more we give, the more we get back. If you all have liked what you've been hearing, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Now let's get into today. I'm going to kind of tell you guys what I think. And, and as I was bouncing around, I mean, again, I was exactly as I thought. Some people thought the market was crazy hot and we're not in any type of change for a long time. Some people thought it's crashing at the end of the year and it's going to become a buyer's market in the fall. Um, so I think there's a lot of uncertainty right now, which, you know, typically is there's an advantage with that uncertainty if people know where to look for. Um, so... There's a couple of things. So I really want to break this down. I didn't want to spend tons of time because I really want Pat to go through his stuff because it's probably more interesting than uh, what I was going to discuss. But um, there's really three things that I think really stand out in this market when it comes to the future and the you know, near term and long term. Um, just the economic outlook. I mean, if you guys look at the current um, unemployment rate, I think it's at 3.6 or 3.8%. Full employment's 6%. So we're, we're below, you know, we are fully employed, the economy. Um, the economy is booming. I mean, stuff's moving fast. Delinquency rates are as low as they've ever been. So I think people that, you know, me, I, I live on the foreclosure auction. My prediction is I don't think in a year, two years, three years, I'm going to have nearly the inventory we're still even having today. So I think it's going to continue to decline. So the guys that are living off the foreclosure auction and their whole life's there, and I know a couple guys that that is their life, it's the only source they look for, I think they're going to be in trouble. And I think they're not going to have the inventory that they're used to. Um but I think that the actual economy nationally is, you know, super healthy. Obviously, a presidential election, things will come, things will change. Um, you know, we never know. I think, I think, but I think from a lending perspective, you know, the borrowers, nobody has cash. At the same time, people still have to qualify, and it's a lot stricter than it used to be. So I don't see high delinquency rates. Um, I don't think that I don't think that's coming. I think we're going to have a, a really strong market for a couple of years. Um, beyond that, you've also got you know huge hedge funds. I mean. The historical, you know, from what I understand, the historical owner occupant rate of houses is like 67 or 68% of properties. I think we're going to see a huge shift um, into a renter's or renter owned properties. And you're going to see a lot of institutional investors. They're already here. They're already buying way more than anybody in this room thinks. Um, and they're, and they're continuing to grow and they're continuing to buy more and more. And they're continuing to increase their scale. They're continuing to get better efficiencies. Um, they're continuing to learn more and more how to manage property. Um, 10 years ago, you couldn't, you couldn't get a, you know, if you were renting a single family home, you were renting from mom and pop. You didn't have any consistency. You didn't have any like consistent maintenance today, you know, in a couple of years and we're already here today, we're, you know, renting a home is like going to holiday Inn. you know what you're going to expect. Um, huge advantage for homeowners, huge advantage for renters, um, huge advantage for people in this room. You know, there's opportunity there. A lot of people complain about that. Some of our biggest buyers today, probably 20 to 30% of the inventory I move every single month to a hedge fund. So I'll strategically buy a property overpay for it because it's competitive, but I have the buyer on the back end because I know what the hedge fund's paying. And so a lot of people, you know, I'll get, I'll get the phone calls after the foreclosure auction. You know, what are you doing paying that for the house? And they don't know I already have it sold. 
Um, and so there's, there's opportunities in that. So if hedge funds and, and money is flying around like that, you guys need to be looking for it and, and knowing who those players are and knowing how to get in contact with them. Um, because it's right now, huge advantage. If I didn't have that advantage, we'd probably go from doing 30 deals a month to 20. Um, and we're, we're pushing that much inventory to them. Um, the, the second thing, um, you know, pricing and affordability. I think the biggest thing that the United States has um, in, the, in the economic future is just home price affordability. Um, the rich are getting richer, there's no doubt about it. Middle class is just maintaining. So, you know, when I graduated college, it was really like $40,000 a year job. This is 2006 was the right number. Like you get out of college, you make $40,000. Today, you get out of college, you make $40,000. You know, nothing changed there. The cost of living, your, your health insurance, your student debt, all those things are skyrocketing. So the cost of living, the cost of, you know, used to go to a restaurant for lunch and it was $10 a day. I feel like I spend $20 every day per person. Um, and so everything has gone up significantly. Lifestyle is changing. Um, people aren't necessarily in the middle class making more money. So with that, huge opportunity for affordable housing. So I think people that are staying in the affordable housing space are going to have a huge advantage. I think people skirting around in the, you know, higher end stuff. I think there's risk there. Um, but there's a, there's a major demand for housing right now. The builders, multifamily guys, my dad builds apartment complexes. I mean, they, they can't stop building them and they can't stop renting them and they're continuing to fill and fill and fill. Um, and so I think that's something that, you know, obviously the hedge funds, big money, um, billions of dollars are getting poured into that space right now. And, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Um, so a lot of people that think there's going to be blips in the market changes, you know, I, th I feel like as we've seen those, even in like, you know, November, December, January, you saw a little slower market hedge funds were still there to prop all that stuff up. So everything that wasn't moving, there was a hedge fund behind it at any type of decrease in market value. So I don't see, you know, so my, so, you know, kind of what my prediction there is, I don't see the, the near term anything changing. I think it's going to be extremely competitive to find inventory. I think there's a lot of, in, you know, as institutional buyers continue to get better and better at what they do and have more transparency and better buyers. And, you know, the iBuyer thing will be the next thing. But as these people come into the space and get better at what they do and grow scale and, and find cheaper money and, and increase their management and get better at what they do, they're just going to get, you know, they're going to continue to flood the market with more and more stuff, flooding the market with more and more money does take a lot of inventory away from people in this room, but you got to think about how can you get your piece of that? Um, and there's plenty of ways to get your piece of that. And that's something, you know, some of my big, biggest success in real estate has really been riding these hedge funds. Um, so if you're not in that space right now, you are, you are missing out heavily. Um, and so, and they're, and they're there and they need inventory and they're begging for it. And they've got billions of dollars on the sidelines and they're quick and they're cash and, and they're a lot better buyer, you know, than I would be for something. So if you guys come across that type of inventory, that's normally like your 1980 and newer two-car garage, a little bit nicer, you know, B to A class type of stuff. Um, it's hot right now and it's, in, in, and it's forcing all the inventory away from homeowners, um, which is driving up prices, you know, reducing inventory drives up prices, supply and demand. So I think that's something that, you know, looking at the one-year, two-year, three-year, four-year, five-year horizon, I just don't see it. Um, just my opinion. I'm on camera now, so it kind of sucks if I'm wrong, but... I just don't see it. I don't see it. There's too many, there's too many things unless, you know, something crazy happens. Um, but I don't think if something crazy happens, it's going to be real estate related. It could affect the real estate market, but I don't think it's going to be caused by bad mortgages, by hedge funds all bailing out of the, out of the market at the same time. I don't see that at all. Everybody thought in 2012, you know, invitation homes, American homes for rent progress. They thought all these guys were going to buy them and sell them in five years. It, it, there's nobody that even thinks about selling a house right now. Um, they're going to continue to grow them, continue to manage them. There's no advantage for them to sell it. They're going to build the scale. And I think in 5, 10, 20 years, you're going to see a shift from, you know, 
homeowners to 67% renters. Um, and I think the current, you know, current people getting out of high school and college and looking for their first house, it's not as uh, motivating to get a home anymore. And in a lot of ways, they're right. Um, but in the past, there's never been an opportunity to actually rent a home and stay there for 10 years. Now there's tons of those opportunities. So for the market, it's great, I think. Um, but at the same time, you know, for all of us investors, people that are grinding are going to have to look for other opportunities and other ways to, to make money doing our business. Um, but I think there'll always be something. The key is, you know, moving and shaking. And then um, the last thing is iBuyers. Does everybody know what an iBuyer is? Or when I say the term iBuyer, does anybody? Like OfferPad, Opendoor, Amazon, or uh, Amazon. Amazon actually, I heard, actually might start buying houses. Um, Zillow, Zillow's buying them. So this whole iBuyer thing is crazy intriguing to me, and, and I argue with people all the time over it. Um, basically, there's all these big venture capital money, hedge fund money, pumping into the space of, you know, there's always been a retail market, and there's been a wholesale market for us. So, like, I want to buy wholesale. You, you know, there's a retail market. What's, there's never been that gap in the middle. And with big money, you know, our returns, if I'm going to put $150,000 on a house, I might want to make a 10% return. So I want to make $15,000 to do that. It doesn't make sense for me to do that deal, take on that risk to make $7,000 or $3,000. But, you know, with scale, um, so a lot of these venture capital monies are trying to figure out how can we be that middleman and how can we pour in? And they're, and they're pouring money in. Um, Jacksonville, I looked at it today. I think Open Door owns 15 houses in Atlanta. I think they've bought 12,000 in the last two years. Um, huge market change when they come in and they just started. So they're, they're here. They're not here yet, but just wait. I've talked, I know people up there in, in Dallas, Atlanta, Houston, some of these markets where they're, where that are really big and have a lot of homes. They're buying like crazy and they're paying crazy, like crazy good numbers for them. Um, a lot of people, realtors, everyone's complaining about it. And I look at it saying, man, like what an awesome thing that is for society to like fill that gap. Like a homeowner now could, instead of having to go the traditional route, they can sell it for a, maybe not retail price, but close to retail price, get a really strong number, cash, not have to have someone go through their house, not have to do crazy inspections, do repairs, all the other things that go along with it. So for the consumer, amazing. For the investor, challenge, right? Um, but with that challenge, again, you know, start sending your houses to open door. They become your buyer. Um, will they be around long term? I mean, I have my thoughts. I don't think they will be. I'm another prediction is I think, you know, we, we already buy lean today and it's hard enough to make money buying at the numbers we buy at. And you start, you start squeezing that price point even more and more. And you start in, in real estate still localized. So a computer, you know, I still struggle with a computer making these buying decisions. Um, there's massive money right now getting poured into, um, into computer softwares that actually estimate renovation. And it's not one group, it's four or five big groups spending millions and millions of dollars trying to look at pictures that you can upload and actually give a renovation amount so that a computer can physically buy your house. You know, and those guys though, with scale, you know, can you mess up? Can the computer mess up and buy some bad deals? Sure. You know, if you're buying hundred deals a month and, and you miss up on four or five of them because your computer messes up, but you make it on 95 of them and you're faster and you're better than us and you've got better marketing, deeper pockets, lower, lower capital requirements. I mean, the, the opportunity is ridiculous for them. At the same time, I struggle with it. Um, but some people are super, some, you know, big investors are super nervous about this whole thing. So I think with that, there's major shifts. At the same time, for society, great thing. You know, it's going to be a great thing. It's, there's actually an opportunity out there for people to sell their houses without having to deal with the traditional route. So, um, but with that, again, now you've got another tranche of hundreds of millions of dollars taking away market share. In a market that's already low on inventory, there, there's not much here. 
And in the beginning, all these venture capital guys, hedge funds, you know, they're, they're typically not from Jacksonville. They're typically from New York or they're from California. They're, they're playing in, in a market in a game that they don't really understand that much, but, but their whole goal is to put the money out. So right now you're going to see, I think, in Jacksonville, I mean, open, when the open door comes in, they come in. So you're going to see a lot of inventory start flowing through in, in not one or two or five houses a month, but hundreds of houses a month because it's a good option. And for the seller that we're marketing to today, you're probably better off calling open door on a lot of it. Um, now, are they going to be creative? No. So the creative investor, the one that knows how to get through deals, how to deal with title issues, how to, how to you know, is open door going to let somebody buy a house and stay there for 60 days after closing? They're not going to do that. So for us, that might be a strategy that, you know, somebody needs to stay in their house for longer, rent back, different things like that. So I think, I think investors are going to have to get a little bit more creative in that space. Um, but they're also still only looking for a certain product. So I think it's also, if, if everybody's focused, I want to buy A-rated houses in our coastal West and I'm buying them on MLS at the foreclosure auction. If that's your whole market, I think you're going to be, you know, the amount of inventory you're going to be fine is going to be dramatically decreased. Um, so I think everyone needs to look really wide in their net. And look for other spots to uh, to capitalize on the market. So, I mean, with that, if anybody has any questions at the end, we'll do a question and answer. Um, but just going back to my prediction is, there's crazy money getting poured into this space by many different groups, and everybody wants to be the Uber. You know, there's going to be there's going to be one or two maybe i buyers that survive it. Everybody wants to be that one and thinks they're smarter than everybody and thinks it's it's a tech play. It's not a real estate play. So. I don't buy into it, but I do think in the short term, it's going to prop the market up. So inventory is going to go faster and faster. Um, more and more money is going to get flooded in the space. Hedge funds are going to pay more and more and more, um, even though it doesn't make sense for you as a rental and you can't figure out their numbers. It doesn't really matter. Um, it makes sense for them. So um, so I don't see the, the short term one. Um, I see home price affordability being a major issue for homeowners, uh, which will force a lot of homeowners into renting. Um, but uh but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my opinion on it. So heard a lot of different ones. That's mine. And we record all of our stuff. So I'll actually be able to look back in three years and see if I'm right. So that's it. Now I want to introduce Pat. Questions? Yeah. Yeah, let's do questions. Quick comment on yep. Open Door. I reached out to them on that whole deal that I was talking about in Mandarin. Mm -hmm. So the numbers on that one were uh, unwisely houses, bought it from the homeowner for 153. I got it for 160 because I did the eligible on this because I got stopped targeting. Okay. And um, I told you I wholesaled it to the, for yeah. my R was 245. And I got 250 and for it on the MLS retail. Mm -hmm. as, as it is. Yeah. A little cleanup. So I wanted to see. Because I was going to For sure. For sure. They came back and said the house was worth 225. So that's the one they were 20 on. Yep. And that could be on purpose or that could be like you said yep. on the market like I do. Um, their model is they offer 90 minus repairs and they were going to sure. send a specialist. They weren't yep. going to do the pictures. They were going to send a consultant. Absolutely. Gary Jacksonville to walk in, get a number. Say they were going to say 20 grand in repairs because if it was only yeah. like we have about 30 grand in repairs. So they're going to come in around 176. So the homeowner... Convenience for the homeowner. I mean, that's what you just said is your wholesale price is 160 or 150, 153 or 160 or whatever it is. And there's a buyer out there now to fill that gap. And that's crazy. And the thing is, like right now, we don't really realize that, but wait, you know, don't think they're pumping marketing in so that you know that and the lady next door to you knows that and the lady next door to you knows that they're spending that money. They're, they're going that deep into it 
to make sure that you understand what they do. And that, that, and that is the gap. And there's a gap there is, would you have bought that deal for $176,000? It would have been a lot harder. Or $180,000 or $185,000, it gets tight. And so with that, that type of inventory is going to really shrink up, which then lowers overall inventory, takes prices up. Home price affordability, again, kicks into place. And it's harder and harder for homeowners to own homes. And we haven't seen it. Jacksonville's cheap. I mean, Jacksonville's home prices are cheap here. Go out to a lot of other markets. And, and, and when I say home price affordability, it's real. Like, it's still affordable here. But a lot of markets, you know, you can't find a $250,000 house. Like, it doesn't exist. Jacksonville, you for $160,000, you can still buy a good first home. Anybody else on the iBuyer stuff or any other opinions? Someone tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Yep. And I've put 20 houses, so they just started. So I've put about 20 houses on it. I haven't got an offer. Steve actually put one in on a townhouse and got an offer on one yesterday. Um, and is going through the motion. So we're going to try to sell them some stuff. I mean, we're going to sell them some stuff just to do a deal. Whether it makes financial sense for me, I'm not worried about it. I got to learn their process. And I'll, and I'll do the same thing with everybody. And that's another trick for you guys, you know, talking about hedge funds. I mean, if, you, if you're going to work your way in with a hedge fund and you know how to find inventory, don't try to rape a hedge fund or, or kill it on a deal with them. Give them a deal. Earn your way in. Earn your way in to where they realize you're a player, not, not one guy with one deal trying to sell one house to them. They don't need that. But if you can supply somebody with 10 or 20 or 30 a month, you know, and you do it fairly, you'll get yours that you make good money on. But don't go on the first deal and try to hit your home run. So anybody else? What do you got? Anything? I think we need to turn into all this whole philosophy about your predictions into marketing topics on Tuesday. We're going to say, how are we going to change our message? It is. Right? It's huge. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Do it up for Kyle. Thank you. The main reason we started Connect is we were just sick of attending the same seminars um, and hearing a sales pitch all the time at the end. We just wanted to do something different, something that added value. It's just not who we are. It's not what we're doing. It's that we're consistent in doing it. And we're good at converting the leads that come in. So we're putting all that information out there for free, giving everyone that opportunity to do it also. The idea behind it is the more we give, the more we give back.